everyone. Welcome to Lead with Love, Love Wins. In this episode, we're talking about the art of letting go, leading with love at home part two. So this one's all about how are we showing up as parents, especially during this time, so we can raise and empower the children in our lives for happy, healthy relationships. And when we talk about parents, we're talking about anyone who's raising a child in their life. And some of the tools we mention in here are the pause, being unattached, apologizing, and taking responsibility for our impact. We're really looking forward to this conversation and we hope you'll enjoy it too. Hey Sherry, how are you today? Doing well today, Lauren, how about you? I'm excited to be here with you. I was, this conversation I was actually really looking forward to. Me too. Well, I'm always looking forward to them. I also have a new mic, so I'm hoping I sound a little bit more clear. You sound and awesome. I have, oh, thanks. But yours is always sounding good. So, yeah. So here we are with, uh, with upgraded voices. Mm-hmm. That's great. <laughs> Ready to go. And it's, um, I think we're technically on the second half of August here, so... It's summer and hot, and is it hot and humid there too? It's like we've turned a corner now, and you can, you know, when the light changes and you start to notice that falls on its way, it just happened like a couple of days ago. And there's crispness in the air. Yeah. Yeah, it's easier sleeping at night with the windows open. Uh, the light is, is quite beautiful, and there's a stillness, and haven't quite got round thinking about school it's like this in-between time yeah 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 and we're closer than you are we start next week and you wow. hear about a couple weeks yeah. wow so that always changes the tone of things right when school's right around the corner and as parents I am just amazed and of of noticing the different amazed about noticing the difference in how we as parents are being with going back to school this year. And I'm seeing everything from across the board, right? And how parents, both moms and dads are see it differently and approaching it differently. It's fascinating, fascinating. It's like everything during this time, right? Everybody's feeling completely their own feelings about it and has their own perspective on it. And school's no different. So we're seeing the same thing. There's a lot of a lot more people interested in doing homeschooling yep. and what that might look like. And there are a lot of people who are excited to go back, children and parents included. Yep. And there are people who sort of somewhere in the middle of all of that. Exactly. Yeah. It's, um, and the big piece I keep noticing is everybody, my daughter said it to me this morning, like everybody, we never know what is going on for somebody else. Exactly. We never know. I asked my daughter today, hey, what's the best parenting advice you'd give a parent? My 14-year-old, I asked her this, and she said, who's asking? And I said, me. <laughs> and she said, that's a big question. She said, I said, I know, I'm just curious what is on the top of your head. And she said to me, um, she said to me, you never know what a child, a kid is going through. And parents need to remember that, that you think that you know what we're going through, but you might not really know what we're going through, even though we live in the same house and we talk to you all the time, but we might not like life. We have a different life than you do. And even though you think you know what we're going through, so you have to be really gentle on 
on us. And she didn't use the word gentle, but I was really, I was like, oh, that's such a sweet thing to say, to remind us as parents mm. that even though we live in the same house, and then when you don't even live in the same house, you have no idea, right? I think that's such a great distinction and reminder is that absolutely everybody, this has been one of, one of the key learnings I've had as a parent is that everybody is on their own journey. Mm-hmm. Even your children or your child, you know, who you think of as of yourself <laughs> because they literally come from you, but they are living their own life. And you can't possibly know entirely what's in their head and what they're feeling and, and all of it, especially as they get older and they learn to um, create their own identity and discover who they are. And that's always changing and everything's in flux. And yeah, it's such a great reminder. Yeah. I thought it was great. And the other, what that reminded me of is as a parent, I remember having the thought, and I don't remember when it was, um, in the, probably the past 10 years, I don't remember exactly when it was, but I remember having a thought that changed my sensitivity as a parent. It was that I never wanna crush her spirit, her spirit, never, never, never. And not that I don't wanna crush anybody else's, but we never wanna crush our child's spirit in any way. I guess I witnessed what I felt like was someone else crushing a child's spirit and it was it hurt me hurt me hurt me so i thought i never want to do that that's just a tough thing to do to, and not not just to our child but to another human why would we want to do that to another human absolutely and usually someone, i'm sorry go ahead no uh sometimes as parents we have this particular way of thinking we know what it looks like to be a good parent and in our generation, a lot of it's look like you take care of everything, you protect them no matter what, you fix things for them. Like there's this really need to protect, which hasn't been there necessarily as I understand it in other generations. But you do have to be so careful that you, you can only protect them so much and you only want to protect them so much because they do need to learn those coping strategies for themselves. and. And they do need to discover for themselves what they really want and what works for them. And they can only do that by experimenting. Yeah, part of overprotecting is actually harming. Yeah. So a lot of things can be done in the name of protecting your child that might actually crush your child's spirit. Exactly. I absolutely agree with that. Yeah, especially as there's parents that are sending kids off to school right now, college, and oh my goodness gracious. That's a whole nother journey, right? Of sending your child away, especially in COVID, during COVID. Whoa. Yeah. I know lots of people doing that right now. You're probably seeing it on Facebook too. Tons of parents sending their kids off. Yeah, absolutely. I was talking to someone today and they were saying, I was asking because her son's going away to college and she said he's sort of in this transition period. It's almost like he's almost already gone and yet isn't gone yet. And it's that kind of in-between time where they're probably preparing themselves and and getting into that mindset and doing all this internal work that we can't see on the outside in order to ready themselves for this new experience. Yeah. I think that's true no matter what age, right? Going back to Mm -hmm. Yeah. Whether it's going into kindergarten or middle school or high school or college, 
Yeah, and there's something about needing to sort of try it on before you do it. I think we all do that with anything we're doing. Yeah, and it's this great practice of we know inside that we have all these internal resources. And so there's this almost like a little bit of contracting and looking inside and sort of marshalling all your resources and seeing what you have and readying yourself. And it just makes one of the great things uh, I learned, you know, we both took CTI training as a coach. And one of their fundamental things is that everyone is naturally creative, resourceful and whole. And I had a huge light bulb moment in one of my trainings realizing that will is naturally creative, resourceful, and whole. And that seems obvious in a way, but that is part of that letting go. Like he is his own person and he needs his own experiences and has his own resources. And the only way for him to step into that is to allow him to be his whole self. And creative, resourceful, and whole. I remember that too. It was like the first day, right? The first day of training and everybody is creative, resourceful, and whole. I remember that. And it changes how you see everybody when you start to think of people like that. It's really fascinating. Fascinating, yeah. fascinating, fascinating. Yeah. So they are these, even as young people, they are these amazing beings who are capable of so much. And parenthood is this <laughs> crazy ride of understanding um, where to be in order to not crush their spirit and allow them enough freedom to find themselves and, you know, not letting go of a safety net at the same time and balancing all those things. It's not easy. And there's no manual. And there's no manual. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, you know, to me, there's something, there's a little gauge though of, am I enjoying this process? And if I'm enjoying the process as a parent, it's a good gauge that they're enjoying the process of growing up. And wouldn't we want them to enjoy the process of growing up versus having it be hard or miserable or difficult? And so I always asking myself, am I having fun with this? And no, it's not always fun. Don't get me wrong. And I always have to check myself and where, where did I mess up? Where did, I, how did I go down the path of not having fun? You know, where did I, where, which, which path did I take and how did I get here? But it's a good gauge. I ask myself that. Well, I love that you said, am I enjoying this? Because that's not perfect. Things can be going haywire and you can still enjoy it. Like, I have to say, no matter what, I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. Right. Me too. That's what yeah. I can say for sure, right? For love nor money. <laughs> that's <a good laughs> right. So yeah, it is this kind of art of holding on and letting go at the same time. I, learned, I heard that somewhere that the moment the baby is born, that's when the letting go begins. Uh, that's beautiful. It's true. It is true. Yeah. Yeah. We have a neighbor that we walk, we see on our walks every night. We usually walk after dinner every night. It's just our normal routine just to get out before the sun goes down <clears throat> in the summer, in the winter, sometimes it's dark, but um, they have a grand baby that was just born at 20 weeks, 20 wow. weeks. Wow. And so miraculous that the baby survived. Um, there's so much more to the story, but it's been so fun week after week to watch this, hear the stories of this little tiny girl getting bigger. We heard yesterday she was almost five pounds, almost five pounds. She was born wow. under one. But, the, but talk about letting go. Like this little child is attached to all these tubes and machines and 
um, slowly as she's getting healthier and stronger, one tube is being removed and another measuring device is being removed and or monitoring device. You know, it's fascinating. But it's a, it's a literally like a letting go so she can be a free, a free little being. Yeah. Wow. So even then, she even at this tiny, you know, young age, she has all these internal resources and is yeah. surviving. And amazingly so. Like she is yeah. a strong, feisty little thing, which I love to hear. And soon she's coming home. They said she'll be home soon. Um, I think it was in three weeks or something. There, she was on track to go home, four weeks wow. at the most. And but talk about having to let go. Like here, you have a baby that you so they weren't able to hang on to, and you know they had to let go mm -hmm. at this young age and leave her in the hospital for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. Wow. And yeah. Wow. So can I ask you how do you balance? that transition from holding on and letting go. And it's not a, I don't think it's a direct path at all, but what are some of the practices or tools that you've found have helped? Well, first path? I had to realize that this is one of my favorite things I realized as a parent that 18 months prepared me for two years and two years prepared me for three years, but I don't know how parents that adopt at three and four years old catch up. I don't understand how that happens. And I give them so much credit when, you know, from an adoptive parent perspective. Um, but I try to, for me, I know that whatever is happening right now is not going to happen for very long because I'm learning and she's growing <laughs> and mm -hmm. learning. Yeah. So I try not to get too attached to what is going on and just go with what is happening and guide the best I possibly can. I do a lot of apologizing. Like I didn't do that as best as I possibly could. Um, but there is a place of standing back and watching and applauding and giving um, support versus how to. And that's been interesting depending on what it is over the years, you know, to there's places that Sierra can be wildly independent and there's other places she wants no she doesn't want to do anything about whatever certain topics and she's like no I don't want to do that yet I'm not ready for that well I know my kid that in time she will ultimately take charge and do it independently but if I push her mm -hmm. she does not it doesn't go over well but if I allow her to just slowly she's a, I always said she's a slow transitioner so she likes comfort and then mm -hmm. when she's comfortable there, she'll then grow, 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 grow and do her own thing. But I didn't know that right away as a parent. I had to figure out who she was, you know, mm -hmm. that happened over time. Who, and mm -hmm. then who she's becoming, because as we're understanding who they are, they change mm -hmm. on us, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's fascinating. I don't know if I answered your question. Oh, they're always changing. I think, I think that idea of not being attached to whatever's happening right now is, is a great one. It's not an easy one. It's a simple one, but not an easy one. One of those. Not an easy one. Yeah, because you're right. They're always changing in every given moment. And the moment you get attached to, oh, this is who they are, or this is what they need, it, everything changes. And, you know, we might get really fixed and solidified on a certain approach. And that's not, that's not what is needed anymore. So I yeah. like your idea of like, ready to support, supporting throughout, but not like pushing or advising necessarily. You can provide different points of view, of course, and all that idea and some of your own experience, but to let go, it's, it's up to them at the end, right? That, Absolutely. That only they can decide for themselves. 
another tool that I've it's, it's like, okay, I'm, it's one of those things like um, there's surface things like I've decided I'm, you know, going to go drink alcohol now or I've decided, you know, that's surface stuff. But I'm talking about more like knowing their deep knowing of themselves as people and who they are. That's the kind yeah. of thing I'm talking about. Yeah. And I think the more we have conversation versus push, we, they get to see who they are. They get to reflect on themselves. And that's helpful for them to know, oh, I stand for this. This is something I feel good about believing in. Mm -hmm. So they get to establish their own sense of values, separate from family values. And the more we push them, the more they're rejected, right? Mm -hmm. I was actually speaking to a parent yesterday who's really struggling. She has a son who is politically in a totally different camp than she is. And it was it's creating such havoc in her house. So she had to just take the topic off the table. We can't talk about it in the house. I can't mm -hmm. even imagine. At yeah. the same time, um, what an opportunity to accept, right? And just respect the, the difference. Because I do think that it's... Um, it's a it, sometimes kids when they're pushed right they just will stand they'll dig in not just kids humans right mm. we dig in the more we're pushed but one i want to go back for one minute one other one other tool that i think is really simple but really really difficult is pausing like i literally sometimes and every parent that's listening to this will i know concur and i know you will too that there's points, there's moments that you just want, there's stuff that you just can't help yourself and it comes out of your mouth and then you regret that you said it. I've done it hundreds of times. Mm -hmm. I don't care to admit it, but I, I'll admit it. You know, it's, it's human nature. But as I practice this parenting thing now going on almost, you know, 14 plus years, 14 and a half years, the, one of the greatest tools is pausing and breathing. It's seriously the most powerful tool that I have in my hip pocket. So literally a deep breath and I take sometimes 10 mm -hmm. and Sierra, now she's, you're breathing really. She's like, you're breathing, aren't you? I'm like, yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. I'm breathing. <laughs> I that's an amazing tool because it gives you a moment to be really aware of what are you saying? Where are you coming from? Is this old patterns that you learned? from your own parents is this just stuff you're saying out of anger or is it really coming from a place of knowing you and knowing your child and like you can be really present and the only way to get really present and just come from what's true in the moment is to breathe and pause and i love the other tool that you use which i also use a lot and that is the apology Ugh. I think it's just, I mean, it just shows courage that you're being vulnerable and you're admitting that you're not perfect and that you're a work in progress as well and you're doing your best and it doesn't always work out the way you want and that you can model apologizing as well. It feels so good when someone gives us an apology, doesn't it? Like, oh, it wasn't just me. You know, I, I was frustrated, but I didn't know why. So thank you for saying it. So I have no issue apologizing. I think it's okay to make mistakes. We all do. If we don't admit that we make mistakes, God life gets much harder. Absolutely. And what you said about the acknowledgement as well, that they feel acknowledged, you know, I, I it was, you're saying it was me in the circumstance. And here's, I, I'm, again, we're saying about taking responsibility for impact, right? Is that, and, and they feel acknowledged. Okay, thank you. Thank you for recognizing me as a human being and that, you know, you're accepting responsibility for your impact here.
Yeah, and I always, Sierra and I always, when she was in, uh, I guess she was two, three, four, she was in a Montessori, five even, um, she was in a Montessori school, and I learned so much by her, the training that the teachers gave her and she came home with, and one of the greatest things that she came home with was every problem, every situation has, there's different parts. If there's two people, there's two parts, and if there's three people, there's three parts, so she came very young. She would say, this was my part. What was your part? So, oh my God. And it was so helpful. So helpful. So, and so now I can apologize for my part and there's, and then she can decide what, did she have a part, but I will apologize for my part and get really clear with, this is just my, I'll own my piece. And then I'll say, did you have a part? You know, did you have a part in that? And sometimes there's no, I was like the perfect angel. And other times she'll, I'm only joking. Actually, I'm not joking. Um, it's not that she says it exactly that way. But most of the time she'll reflect and take time and then realize, okay, my part was this. So what's interesting is it makes it challenging when there's conflicts with other people in her life where there's not ownership of their parts. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So it's interesting to, so that's about full responsibility. Okay. Full responsibility for the impact that I had in my part. Yeah. And I find that by modeling this and I've pretty much done it throughout the apology I've done it throughout. And that doesn't mean it really is about owning your impact and your yeah. part, as you're saying, it's not about over apologizing or anything like that. It's just in those circumstances where you really have, um, you know, done some kind of harm that you are owning it. But I find that now William is often first if something happens and he's frustrated and he says things that, you know, he wouldn't normally say often, it doesn't take long at all for him to come and apologize for his part and it himself. So he owns that. And, you know, I think some of the modeling that my husband and I do has helped with that. And so it's just him seeing his own part in things within inside his relationships, which yeah. is cool. And I do think that the more, this is a funny connection, but I think there's something to this. You can add your thoughts on it, obviously. The more responsible we are for our parts and we realize the power that we have. Therefore, we're happier people because we realize the impact we have in the world. So I think there's a direct correlation between our happiness level and our ability to take responsibility for our, our positive things that we do and the negative things that we do. Say that one more time, Lauren. I feel like the, when we are humans that can be responsible for the impact that we have either positively or negatively intended or unintended consequences that happen, it directly relates to our happiness because we realize how much power we have and we realize how uh, impactful we can be in the world. We realize the impact we can have in our lives and other people's lives if we want to in a positive way. So it, it gives us purpose, mm-hmm. which has us be happier people ultimately. Yeah. Thank you for repeating. Cause I think it's worth repeating is that it does give it purpose. And I also think it gives us freedom. Um, because we can be at peace with ourselves you know we we've we've cleaned up any mess we've made and we can move on with our day and we can spend our energy much more wisely and freely on the things that we really want to be doing as opposed to holding on to things and spiraling on things and worrying about things and being anxious about what's to come that 
we can clean up anything we need to and and move on from there. It's interesting to think about leadership in peace. You know, that I do agree with you that when we can clean up the messes that, ha that happen at home, and in these days with us being at home so much more, and with our family, our spouses, our partners, our kids so much more, there's apt to be more conflict. But if we figure out how to work through it in a much more efficient way, That's it. we're going to come to peace more quickly. Yeah. It's, it's understanding that process for ourselves and having the experience of it and going, oh, yes, when I, when I interrupted that old pattern and I chose differently and I was responsible for myself and I didn't take responsibility for the happiness or others or responsibility for their emotions about it, then the loop is interrupted and there's much more clean air. Yeah. yeah, and so we can practice that. Just as you're saying, we can practice that over and over again. That, and then it's a lifelong practice. Yeah. As I'm concerned. And then it takes us to like, what's our intention as a family? Do we, do we all agree or have a value around having a peaceful home or yes. a joyful home, whatever yeah. the word is? And if that's the case, then we can practice getting back to that more quickly. That's it. That, the recovery time. Once you've got the experience of it and you know what it is and you keep practicing it, then you can recover more quickly, more quickly, more quickly, and then spend more time in your intention, just as you're saying. And that use that tool that you mentioned last time in order to understand what your intention is as a family. Yeah, and it reminds me that it goes back to the first couple of podcasts we talked about, um, and one and two, I think it was, that we, we talked about how important self-care was. And I think that when we're taking care of ourselves, we can do this recovery process much more quickly. Yes, much more quickly. that's it. That's it. I was just talking about this this morning. What were you saying? When we refuel ourselves, we can be more present and, and be ourselves, our true selves. And the more we can do that, the better we can show up, the more we can practice these things more readily and recover more quickly and have these, these great relationships where we continue to practice, we continue to have conflict and we continue to practice and we continue to recover. So I'm so curious from... Um, a parenting perspective of people that are listening like so i think there's we get into patterns of thinking that we we don't need we can't apologize because we're parents so we but i think it's actually the opposite if we can apologize we're going to change the dynamic of a relationship and we're going to be more human and more humble and i'm just so curious as people use these tools or practice them at home what's the impact i'm just so curious so i look forward to people sharing some stories if they care to with us I think, again, it's Brene Brown and that idea. It doesn't matter the relationship, but that vulnerability is really where true courage lies. And that's, that's where freedom comes from in the relationships. And yeah, when you're leading in the home and that you can model this is, I mean, it's not easy. It's simple, but it's not easy again, but it's, it's the way through. Let's just summarize for people that we, and I, I'm not sure I jotted them down as quickly as we said them, but let's just summarize for people the tools we mentioned today, because we covered, a, we touched on many, so I just want to be sure that we're just putting them succinctly here. One was um, art of letting go, right? Just how to let go of, how to let go. We talked about the pausing. We talked about apologizing. We talked about, was there something else? Oh, never wanting to, um, like, crush someone's spirits like be mm -hmm. sure like thoughtful with our words so that we're not crushing people but to um 
be thoughtful about another's how they're feeling and be thoughtful about their spirits. Yeah, I think I think responsibility for impact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, uh, and you're right. I would love to hear more. What what are other people experiencing? What are what tools are other people practicing that can help us all be better parents and and have a, a great home life? Yeah, especially, I mean, we're not going back to school. We're doing distance learning for the, for at least until the end of October. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot we have, this is a lot mm-hmm. to have parents continue to be home with their kids. And not that, I mean, it's actually, I think distance learning is going to be a little different this time around than it was last time around, at least for us. Yeah. Um, and you are sending Will back to school soon. And so our, it's going to be a little yeah. bit different. It's a whole, just a completely different experience and what that's going to look like and yep. and how to be at home and and understand their experience and how we can support them through this as well yeah so i look forward to how it's unfolding in the coming weeks and months with you as we're going through this as moms yeah yeah we'll stay in touch and keep supporting each other yeah thank you for the conversation today sherry as always okay see you soon